0: Our book this week contains themes of suicide, death, depression, and child abuse. If that isn't your cup of tea, that's fine, and we'll see you next week. right, we ready to go? We're ready to go. Let's do this thing. Welcome to Spilling Tea, the podcast where two friends sip tea and spill literature's dark history. I'm Jane. And I'm Mackenzie. And welcome. All right. Our book this week, are you excited, Mackenzie? I am so
1: excited. This I is one of my favorite books. love
0: this book. It's part of my namesake. I'm soups excited. Wow, I hate myself for saying soups. Moving on, our book this week is Jane Eyre. Woo! Yay! By Charlotte Bronte. By Charlotte Bronte, of course. So we're going to deep dive into that puppy and see where it takes us. All right. Are we ready for our tea pairing this
1: we week? We are ready for our tea pairing <gasps> this week. Yay, I'm so excited. So every week we're going to have a tea, and it's going to be a tea that at least I think connects with the book in some way. I hope some of them are reaches. I I just pray <laughs> that some
0: of them are so bad but moving on, all right. all right. So what do we got? So
1: this week's tea is an English breakfast fair trade Assam tea that I bought from the Saratoga Tea and Honey Company. So, Whoa. yeah. That's a mouthful. It is. And Assam tea is a black tea and it's actually named after the region of its production, which is Assam in India. And all tea that is Assam tea has to come from this one region. Wait, so it's an English breakfast tea from India? Most English teas are from India. England doesn't grow its own tea. We all learn this. Come on, England. Work on it. All right. And the notes that the Saratoga Tea and Honey Company has about this, it is a a full-bodied with flavors of tobacco, sweet malt, and dried fruit. It is a fair trade tea, and it comes from a single garden and is made with a high proportion of tippy golden buds for extra sweetness. Wait, so it's tobacco and malt? Are we drinking basically a Southern man? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll find out. So oh I god. thought that this tea worked for Jane Eyre because there's that whole theme where um, St. John Rivers wants to marry Jane and bring her to India. Yep. So it's oh. a tea from India. Oh my god. But it's an English breakfast because they're in England. And what's more classic England than an English breakfast tea? Also the notes of tobacco because they're totally smoking pipes throughout this whole book. I hate you. This isn't a reach. <laughs> this is a good tea. I put effort into this Dang, tea. Dang, right, right, dude. So are we in. doing like the ASMR oh, tea yeah, let's pouring do some right ASMR. next to the microphone?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. my God. Wow. It smells like my grandpa's beard. <laughs> like, not <laughs> gonna tobacco. lie. Like, tobacco. What
1: do and, like,
0: kind of malt. Hold on. I'm, like, scared to drink it. We're also in a room that's probably 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, absolutely. It's <laughs> ridiculously warm. So, drinking hot tea
1: sounds delightful. Delicious. All right. What do you think? Ooh. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, it's, an, it's like an English breakfast. Like, it's
0: good. Yeah, I don't... I'm not mad at it, because usually I don't like English breakfast teas, mm-hmm. just because... Like, I know a lot of people put milk in them, just like with Earl crazy yeah. A lot of people put milk, milk in them. I did this morning for breakfast. Oh, well, pff, there you go. And I'm lactose intolerant, so usually I don't <laughs> drink them. But this one's really good. It's very malty. It is very malty. It's...
1: I definitely could put, I'm not normally a sugar in my tea person, but I could yeah. put sugar in this and enjoy it.
0: Yeah, there's definitely like a hint of bitterness that it must be with yep. tobacco,
1: maybe? I'm assuming
0: that's what it is. that or I brewed it wrong? I. Mm, that's <laughs> possible. We're also in a dorm room, so we're trying, but we're not professionals by any mean. We're literally sitting
1: on the floor. We sure are, and our microphone was, what, $26?
0: <laughs>
1: because that's how you create expenses people we have to expose all of our secrets right off the bat or they'll find out later and think we're frauds we are frauds
0: (laughs) i don't know what you're talking about we're terrible people i don't know what we're doing this selfishly all right now that we have our tea i think it's time to move to the plot summary you ready mackenzie i'm ready i'm so ready i'm just gonna sip this tea casually listen before i get all heated later about how much i hate half the people in this book Aside from Jane,
1: because Jane is a God. Moving on. Moving plot on. summary. Let's right. do it. So Jane Eyre is the story of a young orphan. Her name is, in fact, Jane Eyre. Oh, thank you. Shocking. I know. Whoa. Oh my god. <laughs> and she is being raised by Mrs. Reed, who is her really wealthy aunt and also her really mean aunt. What a bitch she really is. <laughs> there is a servant named Bessie. While well, she, while well, Jane is at um, Mrs. Reed's house, that she encounters, who provides her with. Some of the few kindnesses that she really receives early on in life. Yeah. Bessie tells her stories, and she sings songs to her. Um, one day, as punishment for fighting with her cousin, John Reed, Jane's aunt imprisons her in the Red Room, which is the room where her Uncle Reed died. And well locked what? in there... Wait, yeah, seriously?
0: Yeah. Wait, What kind of, like... Hold on, isn't it like Miss Trunchbull or Trunk uh, from Matilda? Mrs. Reed is
1: awful. She's wow. like the meanest person. Wow. I hate her already. Yeah. Okay. But while she's locked in there, we have the first supernatural encounter in the book. Ooh. where Jane thinks that she sees her uncle's ghosts. She screams and she faints. Oh. Mm, and me. when she wakes up, she finds herself in the care of Bessie, the kind servant who she, you know, been had interactions with earlier. Yeah. And the kindly apothecary, Mr. Lloyd, who suggests to Mrs. Reed that Jane be sent away to boarding school. And Mrs. Reed concurs.
0: Because that's a solution for every, you know, child that experiences trauma. Every terrible trauma. Victorian
1: child goes to boarding school. I we mean, all know. I also
0: went to boarding school, but that's like a whole different <laughs> thing. You don't have to call me out Maybe like Maybe you that. need to
1: read this again and project yourself onto Jane.
0: I already have. It's not a good time. Moving on. Moving on. on. <laughs>
1: Once at the Lowood School, James finds that her life is kind of still terrible. The headmaster. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> shocking. <laughs> shocking change of events. Head. <laughs> headmaster is Mr. Brocklehurst, which is just the, you oh. know he's going to be a dick from that name. Brocklehurst. Brocklehurst. Is, is. <laughs> he sounds
0: like a really bad sausage. Oh, stop. You're thinking of Bratwurst. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean, Brocklehurst,
1: Bratwurst, is there really that much of a Moving difference? Okay. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> he is cruel, hypocritical, and abusive. He preaches a doctrine of poverty and privation to the students while using the school's funds to provide his own wealthy and opulent lifestyle. Mm. At Lowood, Jane befriends a young girl named Helen Burns, who is um, strong and almost Mater-like, and that... I pronounced Mater wrong. <laughs> what do you mean you pronounced Mater wrong? <laughs> I thought didn't... Is that how you pronounce Is it Martyr? Or Mater? Martyr. M A Y T oh yeah, martyr, we're leaving that in. It's (laughs) martyr, it's mater now, it's mater. Oh, I hate myself for that. I'm an English major too, guys. If you didn't, know, like, this is really shameful for me. (laughs) This is the best day ever. (laughs) All right, all her martyr-like attitude towards the school's miseries is both helpful and displeasing to Jane. A massive typhus epidemic sweeps Lowood, and Helen actually ends up dying of consumption. Wait, like,
0: typhoid typhus or typhus? Is there a
1: difference? We're
0: going to Google. Someone Google that (laughs) for us. Someone Google that for us and get back to us. (laughs) All right, moving on.
1: The epidemic also results in the departure of Mr. Brocklehurst by attracting attention to the terrible conditions at the school. So after a group of more sympathetic people take Mr. Brocklehurst's place, Jane's life improves dramatically. She spends eight more years at Lowood, six as a student, and two as a teacher. Why? Why would you stay in your high school? Because she is a young single woman in England. What else is she gonna do? She's got no family. Turn
0: into like a pirate or something. Do something <laughs> exciting with your life. Well, she
1: has plenty of excitement later in the book I if know, we keep I going. I know, I know. Okay,
0: fine. So
1: after teaching for two years, Jane yearns for new experiences. She accepts a governess position at a manor called Thornfield, where she teaches a lively French girl named Adele. The distinguished housekeeper, Mrs. Fairfax, presides over the estate. Jane's employer Thornfield is a dark, impassioned man named Rochester. I think he's the original tall, dark, and handsome. He is the original tall, dark, and
0: we've talked about this in like one of my English classes. He is like <laughs> legit the, the original. original tall,
1: dark, and handsome. Yeah, just we based on him. his description. Uh huh. Well, keep going. <laughs> With whom Jane finds herself falling secretly in love, she saves Rochester from a fire one night, which he claims was started by a drunken servant named Grace Poole. But because Grace Poole continues to work at Thornfield, Jane concludes that she has not been told the entire story. She sinks into like really depressive state. To be perfectly honest, I'm pretty sure Jane Eyre is only depressive. Listen. Okay, moving on. She sinks wow. into one of her worst depressive states. Got it. Work, got it. When Rochester brings home a beautiful but vicious woman named Blanche Ingram, I, isn't White Ingram? White Ingram. White Ingram. White Ingram. White Ingram. That's Ingram. what she's
0: called. Her name is not Blanche. It's White
1: Ingram. And Jane (laughs) expects Mr. Rochester to propose to Blanche, but Rochester instead proposes to Jane. And she accepts. And that's pretty unreal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. (laughs) I don't really have anything
0: to say to that,
1: actually. So, the wedding day arrives, and as Jane and Mr. Rochester prepare to exchange their vows, the voice of Mr. Mason cries out that Rochester already has a wife. Boo. Mr. Mason introduces himself as the brother of that wife who is a woman named Bertha and he like my car like your car did
0: I subconsciously name my car after after Bertha Mason (laughs) after Bertha Mason in Jane Jane Eyre
1: and you are Jane and she is Bertha in this situation oh
0: my god also ignore the fact that my uh computer is making noises people just really want to talk to us and we don't want to talk to them (laughs) (laughs) you say that like we're popular We're so popular with, like, two other people. (laughs) Moving on.
1: So, Mr. Mason testifies that Bertha, whom Rochester married when he was a young man in Jamaica, is still alive.
0: Because we know you all love that Las Vegas wedding or the equivalent of it in (laughs) Victoria, England. Victorian Yeah.
1: So, Rochester does not deny Mason's claims, but he explains that Bertha has gone mad. And he takes the wedding party back to Thornfield, where they witness the insane Bertha Mason scurrying around on all fours and growling like an animal. Rochester keeps Bertha hidden on the third story of Thornfield and pays Grace Poole to keep his wife under control. Bertha was the real cause of the mysterious fire earlier in the story. Knowing that it is impossible for her to be with Rochester, Jane flees Thornfield. Wait.
0: So... His wife went insane before or after he locked her in a room. Presumably
1: before, because it sounds like he keeps her up there because she's insane. But we don't actually know. I don't know if the book ever really... I'm sure that Rochester says it's before she went insane, but realistically, who knows what it could be.
0: I bet she went insane after. That is just my point of view. Men are terrible. Moving on. Men are terrible. Men are terrible.
1: Penniless and hungry, Jane is forced to sleep outdoors and beg for food. At last, three siblings who live in a manor, alternatively called Marsh End and Moore House, take her in. Their names are Mary, Diana, and St. John Rivers. Which St. John is pronounced is not pronounced. It is spelled Saint John. Yeah, that in that the is book, that is literally one of the most John, worst, like the most the thing
0: annoying thing in the entire world. Like if your name is Saint John, just call yourself Saint St. John. John, please. So yeah,
1: but it's pronounced St. John.
0: No, it's not. It's Saint John. He is Saint John from now on. <laughs> If you say Sinjin one more time, you're getting kicked out of the room.
1: Oh my god.
0: It's my room too. Fine, I will sleep outside.
1: Oh my god. And Jane quickly becomes friends with them. Sinjin is a clergyman and he finds Jane a job teaching at a charity school in Morton. And he ends up surprising her one day by declaring that her uncle, John Eyre, has died and left her a large fortune, which is 20,000 pounds, which is a pretty big deal. That's more than I have in my bank account. mood. When Jane asks how he received the news, he shocks her further by declaring that her uncle was also his uncle. Jane and the Riverses are cousins. Jane immediately decides to share her inheritance equally with her three newfound relatives. Never.
0: Wow. (laughs) What a sacrificial, like... What is, what is She's a s- pretty good person. She's a good person, just sacrificing all that money. I would have literally bought a yacht and left the country. I don't know if
1: there were yachts in Victorian England.
0: There were pirate ships,
1: and mm-hmm. that was... <laughs> You're really into pirates right now. Do we need to read a pirate book next? Yes. I'm going to read Treasure Island.
0: Ooh. Moving on. All <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> Sinjin decides to travel to India as a missionary, which is how we came about our yep, tea Yep, yep, I got it. Mm-hmm. And he urges Jane to accompany him as his wife.
0: Boo. Boo. Never marry your cousin.
1: Jane agrees to go to India, but refuses to marry her cousin because she does not love him. What a... She's a feminist queen. What a feminist we queen. We love her. Yeah. Sinjin pressures her to re- pressures her to reconsider, and she nearly gives in. Boo. However, she realizes that she cannot abandon forever the man she truly loves when one night she hears Rochester's voice calling her name over the moors. True That's true love right there.
0: Getting your name called across the Moors, that's terrifying. Do you know what Moors look like? It's
1: sketchy, I know.
0: It's so scary, and you just hear your name being called, even if it is, like, in the voice of your lover. How scared, how scared shitless would you be at 3 a.m. You just heard McKenzie (laughs) out your window, and you look out, and it's just, like, foggy shadows and tall grass. Well,
1: that's not what Jane thought, because she immediately
0: hurried back to Thornfield. Oh, yeah, because getting your name called at 3am is so sexy, so hot.
1: And she finds that Thornfield has been burned to the ground by Bertha Mason, who lost her life in the fire. What a queen! Bertha?
0: I, I stand Bertha.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Rochester saves the servants, but lost his eyesight and one of his hands. How do you lose a
0: hand in the fire? No, like, really think about this. It probably
1: got really badly burned and he had to have it amputated or something.
0: Were amputations successful in Victoria, England? Yeah, they had
1: successful amputations during, like, the Revolutionary War.
0: Was the Revolutionary War before or after Victoria, England? Before. Oh my god. (laughs) I was, like, good at history, guys, but only, like, ancient world history. I'm really bad at everything else.
1: All right. Well, after he loses his eyesight and one of his hands. Yeah, sure. Jane travels on to Rochester's new residence, Ferndine. Because that's his name. said Mama Mia has been a big force in my life right now. Oh, and good I almost guy. read that as Fern Fernando. De- Fernando. It's Fernando now. It's Fernando. Fernando. Fernando
0: and St. John. Fernando and St. John. There we go.
1: And he, Rochester and Jane, lived there with two servants named John and Mary. I said oh. St. John. I meant Rochester and Jane. <laughs> <laughs> at Fernando Ferndi. Rochester and Jane rebuild their relationship and soon marry at the end of her story Jane writes that she has been married for 10 blissful years and that she and Rochester endure perfect equality in their life together she says that after two years of blindness Rochester regained sight in one eye and was able to behold their first son at his birth
0: I that's just kind of weird like I know it's sweet but it's also just kind of creepy like If you guys have ever read it, the way that it's worded is super weird and just kind of disturbing. Yep. And, like, I get that it's a big moment to be able to see your son for the first time. Like, I'm not It's written in a really weird way. But, like, the way that Charlotte Bronte writes it for Rochester in Jane Eyre, it's written, written in such a weird way that it's, like, uncomfortable to
1: read. Oh, yeah. I will say the fact that her and Rochester enjoy perfect equality in their marriage is really nice to hear. Like I love that. Go Charlotte Bronte. But how much is perfect equality? It's to Jane, and she has that whole quote about like I am a bird and no net and snares me. Like, all right, I am a all right. Free agent with independent will.
0: Yeah, I give you that. She's, like that. Yeah. She's pretty feminist for her day. Yeah, but so many people hate her. So many people hate her because she is problematic in other ways. Mm-hmm. But. She is a feminist queen at the same time. Yeah, I I do love Jane Eyre. Like, I can't be mad at her because, um, (laughs) because, like, she is part of my namesake and, like. She's important to me. She's a strong woman. She really is. She's a strong, badass woman. Like. Alright, so that's the end of the plot summary, right? Yep, that's the
1: whole book. Alright, do you have anything about the author? Yeah, Ooh. so Charlotte Bronte had a really funky life. Oh really? Oh really. She was the eldest of the three Bronte sisters who survived into adulthood. And she actually, when she was born, was the third of six children. But both of her older sisters died of typhus while they were at a boarding school. And that boarding school actually inspired Lowood when she was oh, writing Jane Eyre. Oh, my
0: God. Wait, because the friend was named Helen, right? Yes. The f- friend who died? Yeah. Helen Burns. Of Typhus, right? Of Typhus. Oh, wow, 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 wow. That's that's really depressing, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yup. Oh, wow. Oh, poor Charlotte. Wait, how many sisters
1: were there? Five. There were she was the third of six children. Of six children. So three died? Three of them died. Three died. So the only ones who survived into adulthood were Charlotte and then Emily and then Anne. Wow. And all of them write pretty dark (laughs) stuff. All of them write really dark books. (laughs) They all had that life. Yeah. I mean she (laughs) was also only five years old when her mother died. Oh, shit! So, when she's writing about... I mean, she had a father, obviously, but when she's writing about orphans and that lack of, like, a motherly figure, I mean, that's from her own life. Oh, that's really sad. Yeah. (laughs) But on a happier note, I guess, she'd been writing poetry and stories since she was really young. Like, that was always something that she was really passionate about. Her boarding school report cards described her abilities as altogether clever for her age, but knows nothing systematically. (laughs) Which is... Me. (laughs) And she also... So... I don't know if I would say that she based Jane Eyre on herself, but she also did work as a teacher and a governess, but she disliked it. She wrote, I will only ask you to imagine the miseries of, the, of a reserved wretch like me thrown at once into the midst of a large family, having the charge give me a set of pampered, spoiled, and turbulent children whom I was expected to constantly to amuse as well as instruct. Huh. So she just really fucking hated her job. She really <laughs> did. She also, her book got rejected a lot.
0: No! Like a lot. Really?
1: Yeah, she got a lot of rejections. She had, when she was 20, she sent the English poet Laura Robert Southey some of her best poems, and he wrote back telling her that she obviously had a good deal of talent and a gift with words, but that she should give up writing, because literature cannot be the business of a woman's life, oh. and it ought not to be. The oh. more she is engaged in her proper duties, the less leisure she will have for it, even as an accomplishment and a recreation.
0: Proper duties, like, birthing
1: children and all that bullshit. All that bullshit. God damn it. She also, when she did publish Jane Eyre, she used the male pseudonym Currer Bell.
0: Currer. PU- it's spelled
1: C-U-R-R-E-R. Currer. I'm assuming Cur-er. that's how it's pronounced.
0: Currer. Currier. All right. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
1: And no. Jane Eyre, instant success. Well, So that shitty dude who told her that she shouldn't write was a loser.
0: <laughs> Let's be honest. How many times have men
1: told? But it was published under yeah. Kurt or Bell, so okay, yeah, that could but have had something to do yeah, with how they reacted it wasn't to it. Yep, actually, some w- rev- yeah. known that
0: it was written by yep. a woman.
1: Some reviewers though weren't very impressed. They thought it was coarse in content, and some even called it anti-Christian.
0: A lot of people still say that though. Like mm-hmm. if you read this in a classroom setting, there's always going to be that one kid that argues against the actions of Jane. Yep, beca- mm-hmm. as un-Christian. Mm-hmm. People need to shut up.
1: (laughs) But, well, you were saying earlier how the duties, you know, he would... Yeah, the duties of the woman. The duties of the woman. She died at 38 years old while pregnant. No. Yeah. She, in 1854, she married a clergyman named Arthur Bell Nichols and got pregnant almost immediately, but she had um, really bad bouts of nausea and vomiting, which led to her to become severely dehydrated and malnourished, and she Mm. died on March 31st, 1855, and we don't know for sure, but theories include, um, this is a medical term, so bear with me. <laughs> Hyperremesis gravidarum, based on her symptoms, or it could have been typhus. And her father, Patrick Bronte, survived his wife and all six of his children.
0: Oh, that must have been so hard. Like, no parent wants to survive their kid. Especially like their kid that is carrying their grandkid. Oh, that's so sad.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man. But if you are a really zealous Bronte fan, you can travel to her home in England, and that's what? actually where Emily and Anne lived as well. So what? you can go to the Bronte Society's Bronte Parsonage Museum in Haworth? Haworth? Haworth. Okay. H-A-W-O-R-T-H. If you want to look it up, feel free. And it has a collection of early manuscripts and letters, and the museum invites bookworms to see where the Bronte family lived and wrote. And died perhaps <laughs> so yeah that's a sort of a short rundown on Charlotte Bronte's life it wasn't
0: wow yeah that
1: great you can Aww. see why she writes some darker themes in her books oh that's so sad poor Charlotte like she's just she's
0: just trying to get through life man she just wants to write some poetry you know don't we all yeah Alright, now that we've got that, the most depressing author (laughs) bio in the entire world, we're gonna get even more depressing, uh, by talking about the main theme. Um, Oh boy. (laughs) So, for Jane Eyre, uh, well, I chose the theme of need to belong, Mm -hmm. because Jane has a really difficult time as, like, an orphan in her aunt's family, like, her aunt doesn't take her in, it's very much like a Harry Potter situation, um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just to make a really poor pop culture reference.
1: <laughs> um, Harry Potter is classic lit at this point. Oh, is that so sad? <laughs> oh, no, it's good. Yeah, I mean, whatever. that's what I would think. I don't think it actually counts as classic lit, but in my English major heart, it does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So,
0: but, like, she's an orphan. She doesn't really belong, even with the schoolgirls at, like, Lowood. Lowood. Mm-hmm. And then even as, like, a governess, she doesn't really belong with the rest of the staff and everything, so I sort of worked off of that, and basically what I did is I googled need to belong, and a giant Wikipedia article popped up, so here we go, um, belongingness is the human emotional need to be a part of an accepted group, so that's, like, whether that's, like, a class, social class, like, um, things like that. Uh, People tend to have an inherent desire to belong and to be an important part of something greater than themselves. So that is, like, something that we are naturally born with. It's not something that is a learned behavior, really. Like, people just want to belong. So Roy Baumeister and Mark Leary argue that belongingness is such a fundamental human motivation that we feel severe consequences for not belonging. Um, Abraham Maslow, so this is the guy with the pyramid and things. Yes, the hierarchy of needs. Yeah, I hierarchy. took a psychology <laughs>
1: class once. Can you tell?
0: <laughs> no. Um, you were in my class. <laughs> no. So Maslow says that the need to belong was a major source of human motivation, and it's one of the five human needs in his hierarchy of needs. The others being uh, physiological needs such as food, water, shelter, um, safety, so shelter, mm-hmm. uh, self-esteem, and self-actualization. All human beings need. Oh, going back to Roy Baumeister. Sorry, my notes are all over the place because I did this at 3 a.m. one night when I was sad,
1: which was <laughs> a bad idea. Oh, <laughs> why is this how this podcast was born?
0: Yes. Um, <laughs> Roy Baumeister also says that all human beings need a certain minimum quantity of regular, satisfying social interactions in order to not feel the consequences of, like, not belonging. I didn't realize that that was, like, scientifically proven. Yeah, is I that mean, some people... Well, not, like, not like... Psychology th- really isn't th- scientifically proven yeah. necessarily, but it's something that's tested. It's a theory. Yeah. And if you really think about it, like... If you have those days where you only interact with people maybe like three or four times a day, Mm -hmm. you feel differently than when you spend all day with a group of friends, right? Yes,
1: as we have done. (laughs) Yeah, for the
0: past couple of days. Um, So going into more of the consequences and other things regarding this, the inability to meet this need results in... um, Loneliness, mental distress, and a strong desire to form new relationships, so reaching out to people. Um, this sort of comes back to, like, how Jane literally tries to form relationships with literally everyone, Mm -hmm. and then all of her people just keep dying, or leaving her, or being terrible people. Or being secretly married. Or being secretly (laughs) married. Um. Wanting to actually marry her and bring her to India. Yes. (laughs) So many of the human needs that have been documented um, that are driven by the need to belong are the needs for power, intimacy, approval, achievement, and affiliation. Mm -hmm. So all of those are pushed forward by people feeling like they have to belong. Uh, Human culture is compelled and conditioned by pressure to belong. So we see sort of in this, we see cultural events take place that are based around group activity like 4th of July Mm -hmm. is like one of those things where even though like a lot of people don't agree like living in America don't necessarily (laughs) like America yes 4th of July comes around and there's this you go watch the fireworks you watch the fireworks you wear your red white and blue Mm -hmm. and you eat that really really weird trifle cake (sighs) You eat those deep-fried Oreos. You eat those deep-fried Oreos and your hot dogs and hamburgers, unless you're (laughs) vegetarian. But so sort of all these, like, events that we see Mm in culture or religion
1: that... Like, would that be, like, Christmas would be one of them? Or even
0: non-Christians,
1: it's become so popularized that non-Christians even kind of celebrate a version of Christmas. Yeah, because it's just sort of, like... Like a fun winter holiday. You give gifts. You see family.
0: Yeah, and it's Mm -hmm. sort of one of those things where it's, like, this is so parent mm-hmm. um well not a parent parent's not the best word but like it's such a large event that happens it's such a large thing that happens like you want to be a part of it and that's just human nature uh the need to belong and, f- and form attachments is universal among humans um which counters the Freudian argument that sexuality and aggression are the major driving psychological forces because this says that the need be- to belong is and in my notes I literally have fuck Freud. I literally was
1: just gonna say can we take a break to say fuck Freud? Uh, because I hate Freud
0: <laughs> so much. Doesn't everyone in the psychology field today like hate Freud? For the most part. Um, <laughs> humans are naturally driven toward establishing and sustaining relationships and belongingness so Aggression and sexuality are not the major components like if you think about relationships that you have they're not aggressive relationships they're not sexual relationships like those two things can't explain friendships a lot of time mm-hmm. so all right let's deep dive into a couple theories for the need to belong there's the sorry I have like 10 pages of notes so we're <laughs> going we're going for it. there's the theory of evolution. Belonging to a group was essential for survival. Um it allowed tribe members to share the workload and protect each other. Each member plays an important role in the group so they protect each other. So this goes back to like Mesopotamian times. You have mm-hmm. the hunters and gatherers, everyone is essential to the group, thus you must protect everyone in the group. Kinda of get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I sure do and in western society even though people are not in tribes you like there's a tendency to still protect and have desire to belong in social groups so with your friend group a lot of times people will you know protect their friends at all costs and that is what psychologists believe is from evolution so this need Mm -hmm. to belong is driven from those ancient tribes of like not even Mesopotamia, but, like, further back yeah. with, like, you know, cave early homo <laughs> sapiens. Yeah, cave people. <laughs> um, it's not an anthropology podcast.
1: We can call them cave people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so there's also the theory of self-presentation. Um, this one's pretty interesting. To be accepted, individuals may conceal or convey certain parts of their personality. Um, so, they, which is also referred to as impression management. Um, In this, they tend to, if they have an undesirable quality with their personality, if it's like some bit of selfishness, um, humans have an innate sort of mentality to hide, to conceal that in order to be accepted by the group. Mm -hmm. Um, A conscious and unconscious goal-directed action done to influence audiences to perceive the actor, a.k.a. the one who is doing impression management, as someone who belongs so if someone's got like a really weird I don't I don't know uh, I'm gonna take a really extreme stamp if someone has like a really weird foot fetish they're not gonna like just come out with a brand new group of friends and be like hey I have this really weird foot fetish they're I gonna, hope
1: not <laughs> I mean are, are you, you going to tell me something no <laughs>
0: I was trying to think of a more tame example that wasn't happening. Um, so, like, if you're b- with a brand new group of friends, you're not going to be like, hey, I've got this really weird foot fetish, but it's totally cool.
1: Like, you're just not going to do that. You're not going to do that. Yeah, you wait till you're, like, more comfortable with them, and even then, hopefully, you, you still, still don't <laughs> tell them, because I don't need to know that.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. So those are, like, a couple of the, like, larger theories Mm -hmm. with, um, like, either why we have this need to belong or how this is presented in society. Um, Not belonging has severe consequences. These are pretty dark. Um, Depression is a major one that shows up with a lot of people. In the United States in particular, we have a massive uh, depression rating Mm -hmm. um, in comparison to other parts of the world. So, depression occurs when relationships deteriorate or when social bonds are broken. Uh, people have been found to suffer from depressive s- symptoms. Positive social interactions m- equal a sense of belonging. Um, depressed people, social information, their, like, processing biases make them less likely to recognize cues and, it, oh, ugh, sorry. I can't speak today. Uh, they make their processing biases make them less likely to recognize cues of acceptance and belonging in social interactions. So, um, this is pretty interesting. It's not like it's not that they're not receiving any cues of acceptance. Mm-hmm. It's that their brain is literally telling them that there are no cues of acceptance. Mm-hmm. So it's not kind of interesting. It's like it's, yeah, like if you're depressed and you've had multiple negative social interactions your brain's not going to recognize when you have a positive social interaction okay yeah Mm -hmm. um so depressed people appear to induce negative app like affect in other individuals which elicits rejection and the loss of socially rewarding opportunities okay so that's a really wordy way of saying that depressed people are more likely to have negative emotions, or do negative actions, or just be like, oh, like self-doubting, things Mm -hmm. like that in a group setting, which can lead to the group rejecting them. Okay. And, um, then, like, get, losing that ability to have positive social interactions within that group. So, it all comes, it's really interesting, and it's Mm -hmm. really hard to, like, explain. Also, I'm not professionally trained by any means. I'm using (laughs)
1: Wikipedia. Let's keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there... Do you think there's a time in the novel... Because I know Jane obviously has a lot of issues going on. Is there a time in the novel you think one of the characters sort of exhibits maybe that? I was thinking a little bit
0: of Blanche... Or not... Jane doubting herself and Blanche rejecting her right off the bat. Oh, yeah. Which I mean, like, it is a... That is more of, like, a social class standing as well Mm -hmm. because... Blanche is like a higher social class. class. She's one of the aristocrat versions in England, whatever. I Um, swear to God, I thought you said aristocats. (laughs) (laughs) I I might have. Right. (laughs) Um, Where like Jane is a governess, but at the same time, Jane doubts herself so much in the presence of Blanche that Mm -hmm. most likely she created a negative affect that then caused Blanche to reject her even more Mm -hmm. than if she was just a regular governess. That's what I was thinking. Then again, that's not really proven necessarily, but yeah. Uh, Depressed people are also more likely to pay attention to negative social interactions, Mm -hmm. so if any small thing, like for instance if someone is at a coffee shop and the person working in the cash register gets... Um, just frustrated like they're having a difficult time with the bills a depressed person would make would think that it's because of them ordering mm-hmm. coffee mm-hmm. which could cause them to never go back to that coffee shop again mm-hmm. it all spirals down and connects to each other um so getting even more sad um suicide or er, suicide is also a big thing that connects to a lack of belonging mm-hmm. Um, Studies indicate that low-belonging, acquired ability to self-injure, and burdensomeness are associated with suicidal behaviors. So, this is the more extreme consequences of not belonging within a
1: group. Which is what we see with Bertha Mason, ultimately. Yeah.
0: Because, if you think about it, we are not sure if Rochester put her in that room before she went insane or she became insane. After, After, um, all we know is that it got so extreme that she ended up killing Mm -hmm. herself, which is really scary to think about, that it's just because of this one innate thing that Mm -hmm. we all need, that every human needs in the world, and people are just mean. (laughs) Um, part of the desire for suicide is thwarted belongingness, so just attempting to belong in a group and being rejected mm-hmm. um, the need to belong is only meant if an individual has frequent positive interactions with others and feels cared about by significant others that being said go hug your mom, your dad whoever takes care of you, your grandparents <laughs> your aunts, your uncles, your best friends hug someone you love because they need to know that they're great in this world um, if this these, like, going back to Roy Baumeister and that like Daily quantity of positive interactions. <laughs> if those that number of interactions is not met, that could lead to dep- to depression and, in very troubling cases, suicide. Um, another interesting point I literally wrote an interesting point that is also really sad in my notes is many suicidal suicide notes have a theme of perceived burdensomeness and thwarted belongingness as motivations of suicide. So. They found that in studies where people were actually analyzing the words and the phrases used in suicide notes, it all came down to people not feeling like they belonged. Mm-hmm. And that is the majority motivation for suicide. So, again, hug your mom, hug your cat, yeah. hug your dog, hug your dad, hug your grandparents, hug everyone, make sure that everyone knows that mm-hmm. you love them and that they love you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the main thing that I decided to go with. That there's plenty of other themes in Jane Eyre, but that's the one that I was thinking about for a bit. All right. Well, now that we've been super depressed, um, I think it's time to talk about like the shitty characters. The shitty of characters this book of because.
1: There are quite a few because Jane Eyre just keeps getting fucked over. <laughs> All right. At so every turn. I want to hear who you are. Okay, have. yeah. The important thing about this is Jane and I have not told each other who our shitty character is. Yeah. So, like, we might both just be ragging about about the on the same person, person. <laughs> or I might pick someone who she thinks is a good person, and she might pick someone who I think is a, like, bad person. Like, we don't know what could happen.
0: Wait, wouldn't it be the other way Is I pick someone who I hate, and you're like, but I love him. Yeah, that might happen. All right.
1: All right, who so wants to go first? I want you to go first. All right. I
0: want to hear you so have. So,
1: I think that the shitty character is, I think, Sinjin Rivers Okay, I also had Stingin Rivers I, I, as one of my people. I think okay. three. Oh, my God. I just had him. I just <laughs> think he's so – I mean, he really – he's very, He's very like, hard-hearted. He's just very cold. Like, he's – I was not a fan of him. He Jane often describes him in terms that basically make it seem like he's not human. She says that he is no longer flesh but marble, and he, she thinks that his heart seems to be made of stone or metal. And his, like – really zealous Christianity doesn't seem to offer him serenity or solace. Like, he's just, he just doesn't seem like he's into what he's doing. He doesn't seem like he's getting any enjoyment out of yep. life. And he gives Jane no warning and he's like, marry me and come to India. Like, I I really, was really, I did not like that. I was like, she does not, yeah. I get that it might yeah. not be as socially acceptable, but if he's like, in the clergy he can say I'm bringing you know people in my church along with me I don't think that it would necessarily it doesn't have to be his wife like he's not limited to only travel with his wife especially because like they are cousins he could be like this is like my cousin like we're traveling together as family she's becoming a nun she's becoming a nun yeah he could bullshit something because she was so ready to go to India and like actually help people (laughs) and he literally was like no you can't come and help people unless you marry me
0: didn't at one point he also say like well God said as you should so you yeah should he was like me.
1: god said you should marry me he, and she was like the reason uh, i
0: have issues with religion like characters he, like well, that, characters like that yeah characters yeah. like that that um take their religious like zealous to an extreme to a point mm-hmm. where you're like but it's not about the religion it's about you, you abusing the yeah, religion yeah and you, you using it you as an which
1: is kind of feels like what he does because his sermons are aren't really great either he's just kind yeah. of he doesn't seem into anything he, i don't know I have issues with St. Because
0: doesn't, like, Jane
1: do a better job with the school than he does anyway? Yeah, he literally does. She does so much better than he does. Oh, it's oh absurd. My God. And he's not really happy in the local ministry either. He, like, wants to – he would have liked to do all these other things, but he just was like, nah, I'm going to go into the church. And then he did a shitty job of it.
0: Yeah, I don't I, – it seems like one of those people that it's like, I couldn't find my calling doing yeah. everything else in the world, so I guess I'll become a, like, priest yeah. and call it a
1: day. Yep.
0: And it's like, at that point, are you even doing something worthwhile with your life yeah. if you're
1: not happy? And especially if you're going into something with religion, that's so important to so many people, and if you aren't, like, if you can't be actually committed to it and into it, like, aside from everything he does, if you go into, like, religion or, like, the clergy mm-hmm. or whatever, and you're not passionate about it, that's really bad for all of the other people who come yeah. to you like for advice and they come well, to you to learn about solace, religion yeah and it's
0: some sort of empowerment mm-hmm. through religion if, if and he's the just, priest isn't into yeah, it yeah then you're not
1: gonna be into it you know
0: and like even though i'm not religious i still have so much respect for the priests, the pastors mm-hmm. the, anyone who yeah. runs a religious organization mm-hmm. or a group um, when they're so engaged with what they're yeah. doing, so involved, you kind of have to respect what they're doing. Do. And this guy, and just he a doesn't dick. have any of that. He's a fucking dick. Yeah.
1: So he was one of your shitty characters. He was
0: one of mine for basically the same reason. Yeah. Okay. No emotion. Okay. He's like Jane's cousin, but also
1: wants to like fuck her. Fuck her. On and the like, side. I get it. It's the Victorian times, but, but like, no. no. But no.
0: It's it. No, <laughs> it doesn't work. I also had
1: Mr. Brocklehurst. Oh, I forgot about... He would have been... I feel like he was almost, like... He's so close he's to He's so close to, Yeah. I feel like I just kind of forgot about also, him because he, like, just kind of pieced out. We're
0: saying St. John. We mean St. John. It's pronounced St. John. St. John. St. John. <laughs> it's pronounced St. John.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to um, say St. John. So,
0: yeah. I, like...
1: Yeah, Rock he's and garbage. Chris
0: let all the bad shit happen yeah. to Jane at the school. Did not intervene. And if you're running he a boarding let, like, school... like,
1: typhus break out and tuberculosis and all that. Yeah, like,
0: and he had someone shave Jane's head. Yeah. He was involved with that. And it's like, if you're going to be a headmaster at a school, you're there to protect the students. hmm That's, first and foremost. He's a fucking asshole. Yes, yeah. basically... Oh, yeah. A, oh, my God. Absolutely. Goodness. But the real shitty character that I fucking hate so much, and I always hated him, Mr. Rochester. What? Yeah, I know, I know. You're no not way! Gonna, okay, okay. <laughs> yep, mm-hmm. So... I got the majority of this information off an article titled Mr. Rochester is a creep,
1: (laughs) colon, a list. I need to know what website this was from.
0: It was from, like, like a New York Times level website. Like, it's an editorial, I'm pretty sure. Um, So here are just a few reasons as Mm -hmm. to why I fucking hate Rochester. Oh my god. He legit locked his wife because (laughs) she was like locked his wife in an attic because she was crazy and he couldn't divorce her because divorce became legal in England in 1857. This book was written in the late 1700s so, so
1: yeah. To take place in the late 1700s.
0: It was written in early 1810s. Yeah. So it's around the same time that it was being written so divorce still mm-hmm. wasn't legal so it's understandable that he couldn't divorce her but at the same time if you have a feeling that your wife is going to be crazy and you legally cannot get out of it, maybe don't fucking marry her in Jamaica on a spur-of-the-moment trip.
1: I guess you're just right. Just thought, <laughs>
0: Rochester. Maybe you just don't marry someone. Because didn't they, like, not really know each other?
1: Or yeah, am I misremembering? He, like, I feel like he knew her through Mr. Mason. It was more that he was, it wasn't a great
0: Didn't he, like, meet situation. her and he was like, oh shit, she's hot, I'm gonna marry her? Wasn't that sort of how it happened? Probably. Also, like his entire second life that he had beforehand that he kind of offhand mentions and is like, Oh yeah, where oh, he has like, a Dell, but it's like life It's I like had. with that
1: mistress in France or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then
0: <laughs> hold on, I'm getting to her. <laughs> I'm like throwing my pen, I'm so angry. So like He has this entire second life that he led beforehand, but instead of just manning up and accepting his flaws and being like, yeah, bitch, I did this shit, my bad, my B, he hides it and pretends like he's some classy, civilized, (laughs) aristocratic man when realistically he's just a fucking dick. Moving on, Bertha is a prisoner. She's completely secret. Only Rochester and Grace Poole, was a goddamn drunk, mm-hmm. it knows about her. Like, nobody knows about her. And then, at the, like, wedding ceremony where he was supposed to marry Jane, then, like, the truth about Bertha comes out. He goes, well, Jane, I was going to tell you a year after marriage because I needed to know that you loved me. If you really loved her, and if you really thought she loved you that much, why not... Just tell her that you have a second wife who's a fucking crazy bitch and an addict. Like, why, 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 Rochester? Why do you need two wives? Two wives, Rochester. Why?
1: Selfish. Selfish!
0: Selfish. Leave some for the rest of the men and the women. Jesus. And the other persons. Jesus. Alright. Oh, and yeah, because a year after a marriage is apparently better than just straightforward being like, hey, we legally cannot be married, but I love you. And she got so excited. She was finally accepted. And he crushed her hopes and dreams.
1: She did run off and wander around the moors and, like, beg for I bread. I would, too.
0: <laughs> if my to-be-fiance husband was like, oh, yeah, by the way, we legally cannot be married because my crazy wife it lives in our attic and she's been up there and she's been the crazy one who's been, like, scaring you for the last mm-hmm. couple of months. And, you know, lighting months, the
1: curtains on fire.
0: Lighting things on fire, trying to kill you. But, like... I love you, so we should hang out longer. No, 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 no. I would grab my cell phone and I would wander into those moors and, like, (laughs) swipe on Tinder. Like, I'd be
1: (laughs) done. I'd be done with his butt. I'm imagining you, like, out on the moors just like, oh, he's not cute. Left swipe. Dog? (laughs) No, he's not cute. Left swipe.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God, what? Is that a uniform? Right swipe. So... (laughs) Okay there's that. Also he refers to like his suffering all the time and how he's like this for like brooding a man tall dark and handsome his tall dark and handsome he's a brooding dude like i think it's brooding brooding (laughs) yeah probably is it's brooding okay but like he suffers so much and he suffered all of his like that's literally because he married someone his suffering is because he got married which falls into the trope of like don't get married bro you're gonna regret it so i hate him because of that Because if people want to get married, let them get married. We shouldn't have that trope in society of, like, if you marry a woman, your life is going to go to shit. And Rochester perpetuates that. Probably started that. Also, Adele might be his daughter, but he'll never take custody of her because, according to him, her mom was a hoe.
1: Which isn't her fault.
0: Which isn't her fault. And he's okay paying for her, but, like, he'll never be her dad. Which... So stupid. Like, no. This girl needs a father figure. Be the father pig- mm-hmm. figure. Don't be like Daddy Warbanks and just roll out <laughs> the money. Oh, even though like, he comes, he turns into a good character.
1: Daddy, yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, try to be a father figure. If her mom was really that bad and like, I I don't, I, there was like a theory that her mom was like a prostitute, mm-hmm. but she's like a performer, right? Yeah. If her mom was really that troubled Don't let her live with just the expectation that she will also be troubled. Be a father figure to her. Mm -hmm. Come on, Rochester. Um, Also, he lives in a really creepy (laughs) manner. Thornfield's a little sketchy. Thornfield's super sketchy. Um, There was also that whole goddamn gypsy incident. Oh, yeah. So, basically, during the first party where Blanche visits Thornfield... Um, Rochester is nowhere to be found, but this gypsy, this old woman gypsy, shows up at the house, and um, is like doing fortunes and everything. And then he, f- then the gypsy brings Jane into a room and like reads her fortune. Is like you are in love with your boss, mm-hmm. and Jane is like no, I'm not, I'm not in love with my boss. <laughs> and then the gypsy is like no, say you love him, cause you love him. And so then Jane admits that she's in love with Rochester, and then Rochester takes off his goddamn blindfold, or not his blindfold, but his mask, and he was the gypsy all along. So basically, he forces Jane to admit that she's in love with him without knowing that he is there, Mm -hmm. which, like, I know a lot of people see as, like, oh, it's so cute. Like, look, love. That is creepy. Who dresses as an old woman to get your like to be bride to admit that you're that she's in love with you?
1: Not gonna lie, I totally forgot about that part of the book.
0: <laughs> it's so creepy. And if you look at Liz, like if you read it, it exactly what happens, it's even more dark and twisted. Um so yeah, also the fact that he dressed as an old woman gypsy, like I have so many questions. On its in and on top of that, after like all those years of Jane being away and when she finally comes back to Thornfield, he's wearing her necklace. He's been wearing her necklace for years. You know what he could also be wearing for years? Her underwear. Her petticoat. Because <laughs> he already has shown that he has, like, this preference of dressing in women's clothes.
1: Oh my god. Are you saying that you think Mr. Rochester is a cross-dresser? Yes! Mr. Rochester is a cross-dresser. And that's cross-dresser. not why we think he's a shitty person. That's just a weird thing. That's just weird. Also, like, why would you
0: <laughs> wear the necklace of the woman that left you for years? Like, Because
1: he loves
0: her. No, no, no. no. That's just creepy. <clears throat> that's just creepy. And I know, like, also, Rochester is, like, seen as the tall, darker, handsome type and everything. But if you, like, look at the description of him, he's not cute.
1: He's very rugged, I believe is how he's described. Multiple
0: times very rugged, Mm -hmm. like, everything like that. And, like, he doesn't have a hand, so. (laughs) That's at the end of the
1: book, and that's not his fault. Isn't it kind of his fault because he locked his wife I in the attic? I mean, yeah, but it's not like he could control not having a hand. All I don't right. think that's why All we right. hate him. Well,
0: I will forever hate Rochester,
1: and that's the end okay. of that. I mean, I don't love him, but I don't think he's one of the, like, worst characters.
0: Well, no. Jane aunt, Jane's aunt is pretty terrible. Oh,
1: neither of us brought up her. Yeah, she's bad. I didn't
0: really want to deep dive she's into She's pretty that. bad. Because she's, like, also not in a huge portion of the book. She yeah, just she's just at the very Jane beginning. Away. Mm-hmm. Um... So, yeah, there's that. But, I don't know. I just will forever hate Rochester.
1: I mean, I think that's fair.
0: <laughs> sorry, not sorry. You got any more, anything else you want to input in? I think that's it. I, we, my main, my main
1: bad boy was St. John Rivers.
0: Alright. Well, thanks so much for listening to Spilling Tea. The tea is spilt and the covers are closed. See you next week.